Hello there. Before we get started on the latest Walk podcast, just a reminder that the Walk Awards for Effectiveness are back and they're bigger and better than ever. We've expanded from six categories to 11, so if you can show your work has worked, there'll be a category for you. Entries are now open and best of all, they're free. Head to walk.com for more details and to download your entry pack. Remember to submit before the deadline on the 29th of March. Good luck. Now, let's get to the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Work Talks podcast. I'm Kathy Taylor, the U.S. Commissioning Editor for Work, and we're here today to talk about the Super Bowl ads from last Sunday, always the biggest advertising showcase of the year in the U.S., perhaps anywhere in the world. Uh, the two guests on the podcast are Laurieanne Sarah, who is Managing Director U.S. for the GOAT Agency, and Ben Wallen, who is the Executive Creative Director at DDB San Francisco. So what did you think of, of this year's crop of ads? So heavy, heavy celebrities, heavy, heavy humor, and interesting because, you know, I already heard people say, oh, I loved seeing Bradley Cooper in the Duncan spot, and I love seeing this person in this spot. So while I think there was a lot of entertainment, I think there was quite a bit of confusion too, and some of them blended together. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I found it to be overwhelming with the amount of celebrities, Lorianne's point. Um, and in, in some way, it, it made almost nothing with celebrities stand out. Even, if, even though there was some pieces that were really, really good, really well done with celebrities, just having you know, a celebrity or multiple celebrities to me actually made everyone look similar this year. Yeah, I almost wanted to do like a diagram of like all of the celebrities and who they who they advertised for this year and who they advertised for last year and five years ago. Um, because it's like Paul Rudd, last year's Lace Potato Chips, this year Heineken, you know, uh, Serena Williams, McLobe Ultra, and Remy Martin. And so it just sort of got me to thinking like, wow, have we gotten lost in celebrity world during the Super Bowl? It, it seems that way. I, I think we have personally. I think it's also, I'll probably be a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, critical <laughs> Uh, on this uh, on this podcast about the about the ads in general, um, I just think that um, it's a reliance now on celebrity versus um, you know really uh, focusing on the idea and then maybe a celebrity pluses up that idea maybe not. It has become I think celebrity first and then what kind of thing. I, I do agree because it's almost as as if everyone bet that a celebrity would. F- would make sure their message came through and that a celebrity would guarantee some great effectiveness or return. And I don't think that's the case, right? You need the idea first. I agree. It's really strange too, to think of it, if say through the lens of distinctive brand assets, right? So if you look at say um, the Popcorners commercial, as an example, it was, I mean, I thought it was a really kind of well done commercial, but the distinctive brand assets were all from Breaking Bad. And so what is that at the end of the day? <laughs> I liked that ad quite a bit, um, but just for sheer entertainment value. 
and also because I happen to be a Breaking Bad fan, which I think though a lot of people are, a lot of people aren't, which is also something that I think popped up this year and pops up every year, which is, you know, this idea of borrowed IP, you know, being, and, and how effective is that? Um, and how important is it for your audience to, to know that IP or, or not? And I think that's, that's, I think that's constantly a conversation we're having with clients because there's a lot of different viewpoints on that. But I, I felt like I liked that spot quite a bit. I think they did a good job. You know, I remember that it was for Popcorners, but it was also just Super Bowl entertainment, I think. I actually thought Duncan did a good job because Ben Affleck, it was known for his affinity and love of it. And he was a meme forever and it's always carrying his Duncan around. So I think a lot of people got that and it was very entertaining and he does have a link to Boston. So that one I thought was a good use of celebrity. Are there other celebrity quote unquote executions that you thought were were reasonably good? I thought the, I mean, I thought Will Ferrell for GM was good. I, I, and he, because he had, you know, done their Super Bowl commercial previously. So I felt like there was a little bit of consistency there, but it wasn't the same. It wasn't like a sequel, like um, Pringles, which I thought was not good um, to to do a sequel of your ad, unless your ad was like truly amazing. Um, But I thought, yeah, I thought Will Ferrell did a a good job um, as, as that, that celebrity person. It didn't feel out of place to me at all that yeah that was the third year I think he'd he'd done an ad and I actually was researching all this last week for the column I wrote which was on this subject it was kind of um it was kind of interesting because then I started to see all the crossovers that you know one year you know Snoop Dogg is doing sketchers and the previous year Willie Nelson is doing sketchers and 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 I'm looking all this up and going well I do this for a living is study these ads and I can't remember this stuff. So um, what's the hope for a, a sort of average person? I agree. And I love the, I love the Netflix General Motors. I thought it was great. I still think if I look at it through a brand lens and what will really work hard for the brand, I still think Duncan was the winner in my mind because he was known for loving their brand. He was seen with their brand. He had a brand link and a history. So I thought that was the one, if I just looked at it as a CMO, it made a ton of sense. Whereas the others are memorable, entertaining. There's a lot of good stuff there. But if I look at it just from a brand perspective, I think that one will have more of an impact. So if you're using a celebrity in a Super Bowl commercial, uh, and, and there's a crowd watching the game, there is a little bit of, oh, there's Ben Affleck or, you know, there's, you know, Paul Rudd or whatever. And that that is maybe the first thing that stops you in your tracks uh, to maybe watch the ad as opposed to an ad that does not not feature celebrities. I, I do think that you can do make great creative uh, in, for the Super Bowl without a celebrity. So I still hold on to that that belief, even if it's idealistic. But it probably is true that that does have a bit of the stopping power um, I just think that I, I think it's like one of those things. It's, it's it should be an element that you use in the right way. Um, so, for instance, I actually I really liked the Squarespace uh, ad, um, and it was weird. And I like weird stuff, and it was dark, and I like dark stuff. So, th- there I am, the cliche creative doing that. But like at, at the very least, it was like there was an interesting celebrity that kind of fit a little bit with the concept, even if it was like a bit random. 
So I think like, you know, using celebrities is great, especially for the Super Bowl. Um, I just think it's like maybe doing it with a little bit more thought, and a, little, a little bit of a lighter touch. Did you see ideas out there that really have, you know, staying power, like the Dor- Doritos true embrace of the triangle? That was the one that I thought had staying power. And let's see what they do. But I actually thought it's very ownable to them. They had some very simple, fun teasers before. It was a great commercial. I thought it was a great spot. And I think they could extend it. I could think of a million ways already, right? With influencers, you know, um, their own channels, etc. I also thought Pepsi Zero Sugar had the potential for that too. It was very clear, you know, am I acting or am I not? And, you know, you try it. And it was already, it was very clear awareness and consideration. Yeah, I think those are great examples. Um, I, I used to work on Doritos. I worked on the brand at a time when they weren't making Super Bowl commercials, when they were handing the keys over to consumers for Crash the Super Bowl. But I, I wish I had, I, you know, I wish I had had the opportunity to, uh, to work on Doritos for the Super Bowl. It's kind of one of those perfect brands for the Super Bowl. And we actually tried to do some things uh, that were not obviously related to a broadcast spot, but were related to the triangle, oddly enough. Um, we, had, we had an idea um, that we, we actually created a giant orange triangle in the crowd um, in the, during the Super Bowl that you could see from the blimp and from the field goal kicking shots. So every time those shots came up, you saw the brand asset, bright orange. We bought all these tickets and put people in orange, and it was kind of a stunt. So I think that them going back to that triangle was really smart. And then it's like your classic good be Super Bowl spot in, 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 in a positive way, um, where like you, you, know, you have like a, you know, a, a really relevant celebrity, but there's an idea there, right? And I think that's what Lorianne was kind of talking about. Like when you have an idea, then you can actually, you can extend it. And I think I agree also with the Pepsi example. I think they had an idea. And I think that like, if you have an idea that it can travel, it doesn't matter if the celebrity's attached to it or not. That's the beautiful thing about an idea. Um, it goes beyond execution. And I think that, you know, again, I really did like the popcorner spot just personally, but it won't, it won't travel, it won't go anywhere. And there wasn't really an idea there. It just was like some good entertainment, you know? And so I think that, um, I think that's the, that's what I miss a bit for a lot of these spots is they're just, their spectacle without the idea. And I think I think both are possible. Speaking of stunts, it seemed pretty clear that the whole Maya Rudolph thing was going to be um, going to be a stunt, especially when she started to um, say that she was going to put clams inside the M&Ms. But uh, at the end of the day, even though it kind of turned out, I think the way that a lot of people thought with the spokes characters coming back, um, I, I found myself thinking like, what was that? Was that, was that worth was it worth like digging up some of the um, politicization of of, um, spokes candies, which is just the weirdest phrase ever? Um, Was it worth digging that up again or just uh, sticking with them? In my opinion, it was it was probably worth it because I just don't I don't know how much connection people watching the Super Bowl were making to the whole thing before it. And I think that sometimes you can get caught up in that people are going to care <laughs> more than they are going to care. And so, you know, at times, like, it can, the, the program can be too big for the, the ad during the game to really hit. And so I, I thought that, I thought the ad was, 
I mean, it was it was like fun to watch. It was well produced, and it was you know Maya Rudolph, who I like quite a bit, and and some weirdness with Clam. So I I wasn't like against it, but I think the the bigger picture to me kind of got lost on the day. I agree with that. I love her. I think she's fantastic, and I was excited to see it. But I think it's an example of a really complicated seeding strategy and digital strategy and background. And I think a lot of brands assume everyone will know what they're talking about. And they don't. So a lot of people really just saw it for the first time during the game and had no idea what was happening. So I I think, you know, I think it was a complex buildup. And I even think people who knew what was happening were a little confused, too. Yeah, I mean, I was confused. And I was, you know, I have been following it, partly because, again, watching in the context of 12, you know, people in a room, not the biggest Super Bowl party ever, but you're still like not you're not sitting there focused and so i find that a lot of super bowl advertising this this year and previous years um makes that mistake yes i agree with you and you know i do still think not to go back to doritos but i think they had a simple let's tease it a little bit and then it very much stood alone. And I think M&M's, I think it was way too complicated. And then I don't think it stood alone and people didn't get it. So Lorian kind of weighed in on what her favorite spot was. Um, ben, did you have a favorite spot? I, I didn't um, have a favorite spot. I definitely had some that I, that I, I liked, um, you know, that we've already talked about. Like my sort of shout outs w- would be like Pepsi and, um, and Doritos. Um, I thought um, some solid work from Amazon, um, like nothing flashy, but really good storytelling. Um, maybe not standing out a whole lot, um, but I thought really good. And then I think, I mean, I think um, I I was able to separate the um, the spot from the um, message and from the brand. And I actually... In looking back at the uh, the second of the two Jesus spots, <laughs> I really liked the second one quite a bit uh, with the still photography. I think it was called "Love Your Enemies." Um, so, but for me, I'm looking at that you know through the lens of 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 craft and of did, did it stand out and did it did it keep me glued to the TV and it did. So it's a weird one uh, because I think the the client, so to speak, is is definitely like controversial and you know a, a lot of what the conversation is around but like putting that aside I actually thought I thought it was a beautifully shot um, commercial and um, and I just I was just sort of glued to it I, I the, the photography was was I think incredible especially in a sea of like just you know a, a vomiting amount of colors and like music and everything like that it made me stop it, I mean it different in in nature but like it, it reminded me not of, but it reminded me of back when um, was it? I think Dodge or Ram did the you know uh, the farmer spot um, in the Super Bowl, and that really just like it was beautiful. It had a point. I'm the furthest thing from a uh, farmer there is, and I was pretty moved by it. I don't know if it was my favorite spot, but I liked the love your enemy spot actually. Well, I, you know, it also stood out to, to very very strongly that it was in black and white, and. I found that, what did you say in the vomiting of color, that that was 
almost the first thing that caught my attention and it caught the attention of everybody that I was watching the game with. And then, then when it, you know, turns out it's, it's, it's a, you know, quote unquote campaign for Jesus, that's, that's a true conversation starter, whether you like it or not. I mean, it, it grabbed it, the, your attention because of the photography, because it was black and white, just a totally different vibe than most of the other spots. And then everybody's like, whoa, what, what's going on here? It definitely sparked conversation because the sentiment online, There, I'm sure you've seen it. There was a lot. I'm pretty sure Jesus wouldn't have spent millions this way. And you know, I think if the intention was to start a conversation, I think they succeeded. You know, I've read a lot about it today and people have said, you know, church attendance is down. Americans don't affiliate with the religion as they did decades ago. So if I were just to look at it as a brand, Jesus is a brand, I my question would be, well, what was the intention here? Do they want people to go to church? Do they just want to spread, spread messages of kindness? That's something I wasn't so clear about. But if they wanted to start a conversation, they did it. It does show the power of the Super Bowl, though, that even though these ads have been out there for a while or versions of them, I think the two executions during the Super Bowl were new. It's it's uh, it's really elevated, you know, elevated, um, you know, the uh, the amplification of the message, maybe not the message itself. One other spot that I was really quite blown away by was the one for um, the farmer's dog. Have either of you ever heard of that brand? No. No. So where did it? Where did that commercial come from? It was really wonderful. Yeah, it was. It was really nicely done. Again, great, really good so- storytelling. Um, I think it. I think it might have stood out a little bit because no one knew the brand, and sometimes that happens where there's brands where you're like, how did they get in there? You know, like there's just always, I think every year there's a couple of brands where, where someone, you know, would, on the marketing team, you know, is going like, let's take a big swing and spend some money on the Super Bowl and like get our name out there. And that's that's to me what that was. And it was a nicely done spot as well. So it was, um, it was probably pretty effective. I'd be curious to know, like, you know, do they have budget left to keep to keep airing is that I hope so because um, you know two days from now you might not remember what the brand was anymore but but that was kind of fun and surprising and no celebrities either I think it will be interesting to see what everyone does now you know socially with influencers and their own channels because we're in the after part so we'll see what continues we already made our bets on what would and what wouldn't but we'll see yeah okay now I'm gonna ask that question do you have a least favorite ad? Lorianne, you can go first. <laughs> I know. I hate this question. I know because I think we've all worked on these teams and we know how much goes into it. And when they fall flat, it's so depressing for so many people. I didn't quite get avocados from Mexico or Remy Martin. I, you know, Serena Williams, big celebrity example. I was a little con even though I know it was a reference to what was it, Al Pacino. And I I didn't realize it most of the way through. And I think a lot of people were very confused and I'm still not a hundred percent clear on the link between that and the brand, you know, and I know avocados from Mexico have had a history of kind of quirky spots and they've been in the Super Bowl before without a doubt. But that one, I just didn't quite get it either. But I know some people who like that one, but those would be my two to put two together. I don't know, Ben, what's what's your vote for this? Well, I and I also think 
even before answering it, I would say that most of most of these agencies that are working on it are full of incredibly talented people who could make great a great Super Bowl spot. And, and it's just it's hard because I think as a client, it's like you're investing a ton of money into a huge moment, and you're trying to get as much out of that moment as you possibly can. And I think what I saw in general for the ones I didn't like was trying to get too much out of those out of that moment and not focusing enough on on a single message or a couple of messages if you have to get a couple in there. So that was my overall. Um, I um, I agree with Lorianne's. I I was I was disappointed in uh, the was it Remy, the Remy Martin spot just because it had like so many elements that could have been good, but it was just it was just wall to wall VO, and I didn't pick up the Al Pacino reference to any given Sunday. Oh, I did the next yeah, day. Yeah, I, I, I only it. I only realized that today. Um, and I but, still haven't, by the way. I, yeah, you know, just, okay, yeah. we're just telling you. Um, but my, for me, I was some of the ones that that bummed me out the most. Um, I think uh, the John Hamm and Allison Brie in the fridge was like I just I just was like oh man, like it might be something that I would come up with as a creative, but I would hope that someone wouldn't let me go that far with it, uh, just as a pun. Um, uh, for listeners, um, I just want to interject that it was for Hellman's Mayonnaise and Get It, John Hamm, Brie Larson, et cetera, Hamm, Brie. Brie. Okay. And then why not throw Pete Davidson in there at the end for no reason? Because he was in it last year. That's why. I think actually the fact that he was in it last year is a good segue to the next one I didn't like, which was the Pringles um, sequel. I just And I liked the Pringles ad last year. It was actually one of my, I think, one of my favorites you know of just like oh that was that was a smart little thing and then it was like just because people liked it last year a little bit doesn't mean you should do it again so that one and then the other one i really i really did not love uh which is probably just more me than anything was the t-mobile um thing with john travolta in greece and the guys from scrubs and i just was like i don't know what's going on here uh other and i i, I had a hard time with pretty much every element of that ad um just the music and I I don't I think it's hard to have a uh, Travolta with no hair reprising the role I don't know why the guys from Scrubs are there you know um, the song I don't know it just the whole thing I just was like it made me a little a little sad inside okay so two last quick questions one is um, I had wondered about who you thought did the the pregame and the during game sort of uh, channel mix well to really uh, make the most of that $7 million investment. You know, I've talked a lot about this today and talked about it yesterday. I don't know if there was any major standout this year. I do think looking at M&Ms, which was one we talked about, and looking at Doritos, I think sometimes simple and straightforward is best. So even though Doritos didn't have, you know, 12 weeks before seeding things out constantly, I think it worked well. And, you know, and I think M&M's was a little complicated. So I don't know. Do you think there's a standout, Ben? No one could agree on a standout. I've talked to a lot of people today. <laughs> I didn't have any. I Honestly, I didn't follow a whole lot of them. They didn't make it into my world before the Super Bowl. I mean, other than like seeing some of the spots that got released early. Um, but I, yeah, not really. Um, and I think it's it's one of the interesting things there is I've worked on a lot of assignments for the Super Bowl that were, hey, we're not going to be in the Super Bowl. 
So what are we going to do? And I think a lot of times those assignments can yield great stuff because you're just not in the in the Super Bowl. I think it's I think um, and I think a lot of brands have been successful doing that. Um, I think to be in the Super to have a spot in the Super Bowl and then also be asked to like, you know, you know, do all this stuff beforehand and maybe even after. It's just a it's a, it's a pretty big challenge because you can't steal the spotlight from your spot. You could, you could, and I think one of the reasons, Kathy, why you pointed some of those out was, was because they were like simple teasing of your spot in a, in a, in a nicely done way, I think is smart and good because it's not doing, trying to do too much, but I, I, I think you can't do too much. You can't go out there and have this whole other program that happens before and then, and then people have wanting people to connect it. So I find that the brands that aren't in the Super Bowl are the ones that do the best job before the Super Bowl. But I actually don't have any good examples this year. <laughs> I thought it was really interesting that in the NFL spot about women in sports and equity, that Mr. Beast, one of the biggest influencers, had a cameo in that. And then he was commenting, hey, um, if you work with me, you could get in front of over 100 million people for not close to 7 million. So I thought that reverse was kind of funny, but that wasn't linked to any one brand per se, right? So the last question is, uh, what do you think would make Super Bowl advertising more effective going forward? What should 2024 look like? You know, one thing I've always thought, and Ben was saying it at the beginning, is you need an idea that's linked to your brand, right? And I know a lot of marketers view the Super Bowl as an opportunity to entertain and get in front of a lot of eyeballs. But unless you link it to the brand and it's relevant in some way, even if you extend it socially, socially after, I just don't think it's as effective. So if you just want to have fun and throw out some entertainment and hope it works, at that price tag, I'm pretty sure you don't. I'm pretty sure people want it to work. So I would really look at the brand and look at how it links to it and if it will actually help you build your brand. And I think this year there were tons of celebrities. Some worked well, some didn't work as well, but the brand was lost in a lot of these spots. Yeah, I agree with that. And I also would say um, focus, just focusing a little bit better, I think overall, and do, trying to do more with less. I just think like I just think we're so oversaturated with <clears throat> celebrities and music and ideas and colors and it's just kind of like all just kind of blends together in a way. Um, and I feel like, you know, some of the, to me, some of the, the things I liked the most this year had a little bit more focus in them. And I think that if some of those big brands with bigger budgets can like have that focus, they can actually really like really stand out. And then the other thing I would say is, um, you know, it's, it's interesting to try to do something different during the game with your spot. And sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. I thought, um, I thought Tubi had a had a nice little moment. Um, it it got me uh, where they were like it looked like someone was navigating like a streaming platform, and I literally like I had a couple of kids in the room, and they they started to yell at me because they thought I was <laughs> changing something. So, so you know, there's little things like that that you can do. Obviously, the the QR code last year, and like I think I think some of those things can be great, and some of them can be like you know, go too far, but, but thinking a little bit about, you know, what, what do you, 
what do you want your spot to do for people in the moment? You know, do you want it to create conversation or do you want it to, to be a call to action? So I think a little bit more of that and a, l- a little bit less just like multiple celebrities with multiple storylines and that whole thing. I think I'm hoping that that goes away, but it seems to just be ever growing. Thanks so much to both of you. It was a great discussion on an always fascinating and fun topic. Work subscribers, you can listen to all of our other Work Talks podcasts at work.com. And anyone who is interested can subscribe to Work Talks for free on any major podcasting platform. For more on how to win at advertising on the Super Bowl, be sure to check out more content on work. And thanks for listening today. Thank you.